This is USI Radio Theater, where student and faculty produced stories are delivered in an audio format. From classic recreations to original stories, USI Radio Theater begins now. the second episode of Heroes of the Tri-State, stories of area men during World War II. The U.S. bombers over Europe had to evade German fighter planes and enemy shells from the ground as they attempted to reach their targets in France and Germany. Mount Vernon, Indiana's Frank Mall faced those challenges nearly two dozen times as a tail gunner in a B-17. And this is his story. I owned a filling station as a Young, very young man, I was just 17 years old, but I owned a filling station, and of course I was in school. I was in high school. Hello, sir. What can I do for you? Hello, Frank. Fill it up and check the oil. Will do. Frank, how's school going? You're graduating in the spring, right? Yes, sir, I am. And I'm going to go for a time here. In New York, President Roosevelt said in a statement today that the Japanese have attacked Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, from the air. We repeat, President Roosevelt said in a statement today that the Japanese have attacked Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, from the air. What's going to happen now? Well, Frank, I think that means we're going to war. I have a feeling your plans for this filling station are about to change. Graduated in June of '42, and then I enlisted in October. Then I went to. Fort Myers Beach, Florida, for basic training. And that is where they propositioned us for becoming gunners. I wanted to fly, that's why I joined the Air Force, so naturally I jumped at the opportunity to become a gunner on a bomber. They sent us to gunnery school, which was in Las Men, Vegas. welcome to Las Vegas and gunnery school. When you get done here, you're going to know how to shoot, shoot straight, hit moving targets, and even fix your gun while in the air. We'll move quickly and get you ready to kill some Japs or Krauts. You will be fighters. I was always a hunter. As a 12, 15-year-old kid, I went rabbit hunting and quail hunting and uh, duck hunting, you know, so I knew guns and knew a little bit about leading a target and what have you, but uh, most of the gunners were just completely green and had to be taught all of that. I thought it was very, very interesting, the gunner, gunner school. Man, as your sergeant, it's my job to get you to learn to shoot a gun. We're starting with shotguns, we'll move up to the real thing. See that target at the end of the range? Let's see what you're made of. Wait for my signal before firing. Take your time, concentrate, shoot straight. Ready? Aim! Fire! Stop firing! Put your weapons down! Let's take a look at how you did. Maul, you look like you know how to handle the gun. Well, let's see how you did. Jones, what's the score? Sergeant, 96% accuracy! Men, that's what I call shooting. Great job, Maul. Now let's see what else you guys did. I broke 48 out of 50 shooting trap, which is straight away from your targets. 
first time I ever did it in my life. All right, you mastered the most basic type of shooting. When you're in the plane, you'll be moving, and so will the enemy. That's what we're preparing for next. Strap yourself in the seat at the back of the Jeep. The Jeep will be moving, and you'll be firing at the ski. Maul, can you hit a moving target? If it's a rabbit, sir. Well, Maul, it ain't a rabbit. Let's see what you can do. Get in the Jeep. To do this, you gotta lead the target. Let him fly into the bullets. If you aim right at the target, you'll miss. Okay, Maul. You ready? Yes, sir. Begin! That was our beginning of teaching you, and then, of course, in the tail end of the course, why they took you up in an airplane, and we fired out of a small plane with a stationary 30 caliber machine gun, and then they advanced you to fly in a, actually, in a B-17. Tried you in a turret and tried you in the tail and in the waist. In other words, they wanted you in the place you were most adapted to. And consequently, I ended up as a tail gunner in a B-17. You all made it. You passed armory school. It's time to get assigned to your planes. The pilots and co-pilots have already been selected. They've chosen their navigators, bombardiers, flight engineers, radio operators, waste gunners, ball turret gunners, and now it's you. The tail gunners. Stand there, men, and the pilot will choose you. When he calls your name, go join the crew. You! I'll take you. What's your name? Can you believe this? They don't know us or what we can do. It's like we're back in high school, gym class. I just hope I'm not the last one taken. It was just more or less a popularity choice, and that was uh, quite an experience for me, too. I, I thought very, very humorous. I was a skinny hundred and probably 135 pound 130 pound six foot tall boy and my fatigues hit me about halfway up to my knees and the shoes that they gave you were about <laughs> at least two sizes bigger than your feet were so you and i looked very very awkward and really out of place almost well you you're the last one, so I guess I'll take you. What's your name? Maul. Frank Maul. Well, Maul, I'm James Pollard. I hope you can shoot. Gunners, tail gunners, were the last person chosen, and I was the last tail gunner that was chosen. So at first, it, it kind of struck me a little, which it naturally would, an 18-year-old kid, being the last damn dog on the, on the planet, you know. But when I was chosen, I told my pilot, I want you to know that you got the best son of a bitch of the whole bunch. Maul, that's what I'm counting on. Men, head back and get your things packed. You're leaving tomorrow for Great Ashfield, England. You'll be part of the 385th Bomb Group, 549th Squadron. Make us proud. Kill some crowds. Captain, another great mission. Great job yourself, Frank. You kept them off our tail. Just for those keeping count, that's eight successful bombing runs. Captain, us radio guys were talking, and some said counting successful missions is bad luck. No, not getting back to be able to count them. 
is bad luck. Yeah, I guess that would be bad luck. I'm going to count until we get to 25 and get to go home. You guys can keep talking if you want, but I'm starved. I'm heading to the mess tent. We had hot meals every day. The hot meals consisted of lamb, ram, sheep, or mutton. Practically the only vegetable that we ate was Brussels sprouts. And we had lamb, ram, sheep, or mutton every day, every day. When I came home, I weighed 119 pounds, and it wasn't anything except, of course, nerves, but I couldn't stand the smell. When you'd go into the mess halls, it was just absolutely stunk as far as I was concerned. <laughs> Good news, boys. Our R&R passes came in. We've got two days in London to cut loose. I don't know about you, but I'm going to take advantage of it. I'll see you Thursday. Ready to drop some more bombs on those Germans. The officers were to themselves, and we were six enlisted men that were really closer than any family ever was. Anytime you went someplace, five other guys went with you, and not every place, but just almost. Well, you were just so close. And your life depended on them doing their job, and their life depended on you doing your job. Well, it was just a real, real good feeling. I would have to say that we had less conflict, less, I guess you'd call it arguing, was just almost not heard of as far as my crew was concerned. Thanks, Captain. Enjoy. Well, guys, let's get going on that R&R. I want to get away from the mess tent and hit a restaurant. Get me something other than sheep. I laugh at myself. Yet today, we went into town, and into London. We had a R&R pass to go in, and we went into London, and we went in to eat, and... Uh, they had rarebit. Welcome, boys. Here's the menus. While you look those over, what do you want to drink? Let's go with beer all the way around. Will do. I'll be right back. Man, look at the choices. Still a lot of sheep, but there's other stuff. And no one better order Brussels sprouts. Hey, what's this? Rarebit? What's rarebit? Rabbit on the menu? I'm done. Give me some rabbit or... Rare bit, as them English say. Actually, an old farm boy had been doing a lot of rabbit hunting in his life, but couldn't wait to get a, some of that rabbit. <laughs> well, rare bit was uh, their British bread, which is a dark bread, and uh, cheese on it <laughs> that had been melted. <laughs> and it wasn't quite what I was had my mind set on. <laughs> hey, Frank, how was that cheese sandwich, huh? It wasn't what I thought it was going to be, but it, it sure beats sheep. Hey, the night's young. Let's go see what this town is waiting for the best B-17 crew around. British people were nice to us. I always would have a big thank you to them. Guys, it looks clear out there. We just might fly today. Morning, Captain Inc. How's the plane looking today? She looks great, sir. Fit and ready to fly. The bombs are ready for Munster, Germany. Give them hell, sir. Well, Inc., if you weren't here to work on her, I wouldn't fly her. 
You've gotten us through 12 missions. You and your team's the best set of mechanics in the whole military. Ah, oh, well, thank you, sir. It's an honor to work on your plane. Have a good flight. I'll see you guys when you get back. Boys, get ready. As you know, we're heading to Munster, Germany to hit their factories. We'll be losing our fighter escort soon. We'll be flying number four in our group. Help keep an eye out for the other five. I want us all to make it back and watch the movie tonight. Sir, another John Wayne tonight. You know it, Frank. This when we it's... got hit, we had to pay the price. And we were fortunate. We only got hit one time and very, very fortunate to get back home that time. In fact, almost a miracle. Just a man up above was taking care of us. That's all. That's all you could credit it to. You know, you. At one time, there were 18 German fighters on us. Uh, I'm in the tail end, and I'm looking right straight up at them, and they would peel off. Fighters coming in 11 o'clock high. It's a big group of them. They're going after us now. It looks like 18 crowds. Three just peeled off and are heading in. They hit Charlie's plane. It looks like he's heading back to base. Here comes another three. They're heading for the far wing. They took another one down. I see, I see ten shoots. It looks like everyone got out. Our group's breaking up. There's some cloud cover ahead, but it'll be a while before we get there. Keep them off us. Captain, they're getting ready to come after us. I think I know how we can outmaneuver them. Frank, you're nuts. We'll have to fight them. We cannot run them Every one of our planes that's tried to fight them has gone down every time the crowds come down and a group of three lined up the same way. When they get close, I'll yell, Rudder, you hit it hard. They won't know what to do. If they break formation, they'll run into each other. Frank, you'd better be right. I told you. I told you I'd be the best son of a bitch tail gunner, and now I'm going to prove it. Here they come. And they're after us. Three of them. Get ready. Get ready. Kick it. Frank, it worked. It just went by on my side. Here comes another group. Get ready. Kick it again! They got a few hits in, but nothing major. Great move, Captain. Keep it up, Frank. We're real close to the clouds. We might make it. Here's another group. Give it some time. Give it some time. We're in the cloud bank. Ooh, they pulled up before they hit us! When I came home from combat, the percentages were really, really low. Uh, I think I was told, at least, that the tail gunners that came back home, the percentage was seven. We lost 93% of the tail gunners that were in combat at that time, which I can see is probably a, a, an accurate figure because there was just practically nobody getting through their missions at that time. We had no fighter escort, so naturally we, when we got hit, we had to pay the price. Sir, that was some great flying back there. Frank, that was a great call. While we're in the clouds, everyone look your part of the plane over. It looks clear on the wing. Fine in radio, sir. Nothing going on around our tail. All right, we're out of the clouds. Keep an eye out. Boys, we're on our own. I can't see the rest of the group. I took it that the other three had been shot down. Well, what had happened, I found out many, many years later, was 
our engine was hit and we couldn't stay up with the formation. Bombardier, how close are we to Munster? Sir, we're about 20 minutes away. Well, the Air Force sent us on a mission and we're going to finish it. Start getting everything set for the bombing run. Sir, we're on the outskirts of the city and you're online for the run. There's some ACAC up here, but not as much as we've seen. Sir, 10 seconds to drop. Five, four, three, two, one, drop. Bombs away. <laughs> Enjoy that, you bastards. Looks like a direct hit, sir. Well, I'm not going back to check. We're down one engine and we need to get out of here. Where do you men want to head? The closest friendly strip is in Switzerland. Or we can try to make it home on three engines. What do you guys want? Come on, guys, what do you want? And I was the only person that spoke up. I was the lowliest thing on the plane, was a tail gunner. And I was, at that time, I'd gotten to be 19 years old. And I said, oh, we can make it back home. And with that, the pilot headed toward back home. Home it is. I'm heading for every cloud bank I can find. Well, thank goodness for some uh, clouds. We went into any clouds we could get into. Now, there's a cloud bank up ahead. The afternoon clouds are building. We just might make it. Crowds at 7 o'clock and they're coming in fast. With just three of them. Hold them off, boys, and we can make it to the clouds. Here they come. Ready with the rudder. Kick it! They hit our engines on my side. It looks like they're leaking fuel. Of course, we started then with just three engines instead of four. And on our way back, we lost two more engines. We got, uh, they got hit and uh, had to feather the engine. And when we got to the channel, the pilot said, prepare for ditching. We were going into the English Channel. Boys, this don't look good. I can see the channel, but I don't think we can make it. And he was milking it for all it had, trying to get back to England. Uh, and we made it across with one engine running. We had thrown out, of course, everything that weighed an ounce. We had thrown out trying to lighten the plane as much as we possibly could. Base, this is Pollard of the 385th. We're down to one engine and can't make it home. I request immediate emergency landing. No can do, Pollard. We've got some of our own boys coming in. Some are in trouble. We need you to circle until hours of landing. As I said, we're down to one engine. Damn it, we've got to land now. Negative. Begin circling. I'll never forget it. Uh, the pilot called in for landing and to tell him he's coming in uh, to land and, and they said, well, they had been out that day and they had planes that were in trouble and to circle the field one time. And the pilot said, I can't circle the field. I've got one engine and I'm coming in over and out. I remember it just like if it was yesterday. Uh, it, it, and just before he set that plane down, that last engine coughed and quits. And so he actually landed with a dead stick. At that time, you were supposed to fly uh, 25 missions before you came back home. Well, I had put in for pilot training 
all the way back shortly after I had joined the Air Force. When I was there, I had gotten in 21 missions and that paperwork caught up with me. Of course, my pilot said, Good for you, Frank. I'm, I'm going to miss you. There's no way in hell I'm going home until you go home. We're a team. Frank, no. It's time for you to go. If something was to happen to you, I'd, I'd never forgive myself. You're going home. I flew my last combat mission in November, November the 17th, 1943. I made it back to the States on December the 17th, 1943. After the war, Frank returned to Mount Vernon, Indiana, where he and his wife raised their five children. Frank joined his father in the wholesale grocery business before opening an automobile dealership. Frank Mall, a true hero of the Tri-State. The part of Frank Mall was played by USI theater professor Elliot Wasserman. Other actors in this drama were Erica Becker, Mick Jost, Kyle Rupert, Brock Ballack, and James Wilhite. Assistant producer was Rochelle Porras. When the true names of some of the individuals portrayed in this drama could not be found, new names were given. Heroes of the Tri-State has been made possible by a University of Southern Indiana College of Liberal Arts Faculty Development Award. I'm John Morris, producer of Heroes of the Tri-State. Thank you for listening to USI Radio Theater. You can subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud or find us at 957thespin.com. Tune in next time for more USI Radio Theater.